0: Today is the last day of this year. And upon the occasion of thinking about that, for the givers and those who would be givers, if you'd like to give an offering or special offering to the ministries of the church, very much tax deductible, twofold, you'll be blessed. Because of the deduction, the church will be blessed. But I also would like to say to you that sowing now will help there to be a harvest later. If you haven't given as faithfully as you would like to this year, this is your opportunity to honor God and bless His church. Everything I have, everything, everything I have, comes from Him. Right, right straight from Him. Amen. You know, if God gives you something, you don't have to ask for a refund. You can give by the kiosk and give electronically. I trust that you will do that to your advantage and that of the, that of the church. Praise the Lord. Would you turn in your scriptures, and thank you, praise team and musicians, to 13th chapter of the book of Numbers. I'd like to use the reference from Numbers 13, 27 to 33. Then I'd like to use a few of the scriptures in the course of this word today. Oh, thank the Lord. Got up this morning because God woke us up. You know, some of folks, precious people, have gone on to glory this year. I didn't go look in my folder, I thought I would, but I was going to see how many funerals that I conducted this year. Nothing wrong with those who've gone on if they're ready to meet the Lord. But there's something's wrong with somebody who will go on into next year and not know Jesus. On the screen. Then they told him, this is Moses, this is Moses, him. This is the report of 12 men at the border of the land of milk and honey. Twelve men who Moses commissioned, one from each tribe, to go and spy out the land that God promised. You know, if God promised you something, He's quite able to take care of fulfilling His promise. But when the flesh gets involved, which is what happened here, then it told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land to the, of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spat out, saying, The land Through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sights. Thank you for praying for me. Reach your hands in this direction. And would you offer about 20 seconds of prayer and pray above a whisper. Let, let's, let's beat the devil if he's anywhere near around. Father, I, I thank you right now. You touch my mind, touch my voice, touch my body. I, I'm a vessel, and I pray you'd fill me with you and your word. Don't let me be a distraction or anybody else. God, I don't want to get so used to preaching that it's just off the cuff. I want to right now, word, and so that the people of God revive us today, keep us out of doubt, in Jesus' name, amen, you may be seated, presence of the Lord. I have been to this passage I just read you, I don't know, maybe maybe a bunch of times, and I have sermons and writings on this passage to which I could have gone back and pulled out some stuff that might have made the process less difficult. But I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit on Tuesday morning to not look at anything I've had before because that was a word for then. This is a word for now. All of us today, we stand at the threshold of new opportunities for the new year. The decisions we make today and tomorrow, maybe days beyond, the decisions we make will either build us or break us. As you dream into the new year and set your goals, there are quite a number of factors that will war against your progress. I have found for my life, and perhaps for you, one of the most prominent adversary is this thing called fear. I think fear and doubt are family. I, I want to talk to you about three things that fear and doubt will do. But I, I don't know if I had them put on the screen. Here's a, here are three words for the lesson today. Feelings, faith, and future. Fear will, for lack of being professional, fear will mess with your feelings. It will distort your faith and abort your future. Let's see why this is so. Number one, fear affects your feelings. The people of whom this text is about were the people of God. They had wandered in the wilderness for some time And they were now at the border of the promised land. Promised land meaning God promised it. It was also called the land of milk and honey because of what they discovered about its vegetation and livestock. The beautiful thing about the promised land is it's called the land of milk and honey. Therefore, there were no calories or carbs in any of that milk and honey. Don't you want to go? Well, the milk and honey flows. There were 12 spies sent out by Moses under the direction of the Lord. I want you to take one from every tribe, a leader from every tribe. Therefore, there will be 12, one from each tribe. How, Moses, you tell the people, these spies, to go in there and see what the land is like. Check out its vegetation, its livestock, its rivers, its streams, its houses, its wells, its the enemies, who they are and where they are. Now, don't go in there to come back and tell us whether we can take it or not. That ain't your business. I said, God said, I told you I'd Just come and give us a measurement so whether we need to send four people or 40,000. You know when God makes your promise, your feeling can get in the way. I mean, these guys bring back a report after 40 days, 12 spies roaming the promised land. They bring back a report. Not only do they bring back a report, but they bring back vegetation, fruit. The the grape cluster that they brought had to be carried by two men. One here, one here, and a rod in between grapes. (laughs) Speaking of grapes, uh, some folks stayed out this morning from church because they want to get an early start on partying for the night. I want to give you authority to party after church. Get all the Welch's grape you can. If you ain't got nothing, up mean, I mean or something other than that, I'll be at your house. Not to do, it. anyhow, grapes, grapes. I get inspiration as I go. All 12 come back to Moses with a million and a half people or so waiting on uh, on that th- opportunity to cross over into the promised land and the ten of them say the land is everything God said it would be. There, there is a livestock that's healthy. There are rivers that flow and, and it nourishes the soil and, and there are houses with walls and thatched roof and, and, and there are wells that, that, that are dug already and, and there's all, all and we brought back some of the vegetation. Here's a cluster of grape and they didn't finish their breath from that sentence, to say, but we can't take it. Because the people we saw on the land, they are the descendants of Anak. And Anak are people by frame who are giants. And when those giants look at us, we look like grasshoppers, in their sight, matter of fact, when we look at our own selves, we look like grasshoppers. Therefore, we do not recommend that we go in. Joshua and Caleb, the Bible says Caleb was a man of a different spirit. Can you say amen to that? We, we need some more people of a different spirit. Caleb, whoa, 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 he says. We are well able, Uh, we are well able to go in that land the people are afraid of us and they were because These people heard all these news along the way about what God's doing for his children as they come through the desert and how he's feeding them and clothing them and giving them a a warmth at night by by a pillar of cloud, uh, uh, by a pillar of fire, how God is keeping clothes on them and folks are not dying and they got scared in this promised land. And Caleb says, while they're afraid, let's go after them. But the feelings got involved. Feelings. Some, Some of them I said, I don't know. I just don't feel like it. Somebody else in their feeling here in the process, this is not the time for change. No, not now. Maybe we should wander some more for better opportunities. I have a question. How can you get better opportunities than God provides? You know that I said to you at the end of October that that next year, at the end of March, will be, Valerie and I, our 33rd anniversary as pastor here. And I told you that at the end of that month, we'll step aside and Pastor JC, Pastor Worley, and his wife, Kim, will assume the first Sunday in April the full-time position as lead pastor. And when I when I prepared this word, the Holy Spirit said do think two things here today. Build up and help the church and the individuals and then help them with crossing over. Crossing over. So these people who heard the bad report begin to make excuses for why they're not going in. And one of them, I think, is this. I'm not sure about Moses, his stamina and leadership. I don't know about Pastor Allen. He may drop any time. I I, uh, promise then. Moses is too old, but Joshua is too young. Pastor Allen is too old, mind your own business. <laughs> Pastor J.C. is too young. There are giants in the land and we look like grasshoppers. Feelings. I got a bad feeling about this. You know, well, uh, there, there have been challenges that the Lord has given me as, as pastor all through the years, and, and the Lord gave this to me, so I wrote it down. I'll share it with you. And just about every challenge He's given me, fear showed up. Every, every challenge, my feelings said, "I can't do it." It'll cost too much. We won't have enough help, God. Some folks may not like it. Or, or we we are larger than some of the average churches in America. And and Lord, I'll be fine with that. No need to grow. And you know, I, I don't know what other pastors feel about being average. The average size church in America is about a hundred people or attenders. Average size. And there are 320 million people in America. Evie Hill says, there ain't no sinner shortage. Let that get into your thinking. And I would like to say to you, I don't know what other pastors think, and I still feel this way, but God didn't call me or you to be average when he is the God of the impossible. I can tell you right now that, that if I followed fear and doubt upon the first uh, challenge God gave me as a pastor, then I want to tell you this, we'd still be wandering in the desert. And so I'm saying to you, I don't know what 2018 is going to hold all together, but, but I, I like what they're saying. God can break every chain. Don't, feelings are fickle. i many of you have tomorrow off? Put it down. How many you have tomorrow and Tuesday off? Fewer hands. What's the rest of y'all? Ain't got no job? I guarantee you, if you raise your hand and you got to go back to work Tuesday, you won't feel like it. Unless you're getting a raise starting Tuesday. Feelings are fickle. Sometimes your feelings are worthy of exploration. Sometimes you got to throw them in the trash. And if God told you to do something, it ain't going to be no bad feeling. Let me, let me show you something else here. Uh, fear, number two, will alter your faith. Haven't we all been guilty upon facing a new challenge or problem or a difficulty? Haven't we all been guilty because of the devil's putting fear in our mind we forget where God has brought us from? I've been multiple times guilty of that. That's the devil's job. To make you forget that you were going through surgery and prior to that, he said, I'm going to kill you. But God brought you through. Amen. Uh, 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 some of you have been uh, diagnosed with with cancer and the devil says that cancer word is a killing word but you prayed, you went to church, you read your Bible you got some holy people around you who got a hold of God and today you are cancer free and you praise Him because you, you know where God's brought you through some of you the life you used to live drugs, alcohol, promiscuity it was like a hell on earth and when uh, your mama couldn't help you and your daddy couldn't help you and your lawyer couldn't help you and your counselor couldn't help you and nobody wanted to see you you fell down in that jail cell or some Bible reading some retired person showed up to where you are come on so, somebody, somebody called you on the phone when you didn't expect that you turned on the television and there was some preacher going on or you went to church because you wanted to ask for money and next thing you know, the Lord stirred your heart, tears fill up in your eyes, joy came up in your soul and you could tell something leaving you and something coming inside of you at the same time and that's the devil leaving you and addiction leaving you and fear leaving you and the Holy Ghost coming in you. You can go on to 2018 if you remember where you came from. Uh, Let me show you. I don't want to keep this too long, but I won't see you all till next year, so let's just spend a little time together. Here's here's where the Israelites came from. Their descendants went down into Egypt when Joseph was the, the prime minister of Egypt. famine. When Joseph died... The Israelites were down in Egypt who had preferential treatment. Another Pharaoh came up, and he didn't like them. So he made them slaves. 400 years. 400 years, their primary diet was garlic and onion every day. <laughs> I will tell you, buddy, half a day of that, you can keep it. Ah. Uh, I come up here and I'm too transparent, Valerie. I say all my stuff. Uh, historians say that the Israelites and their descendants were there 400 years and they possibly built the pyramids of Egypt. They built palaces for pharaohs. They were slaves. They did their labor with a whip, taskmasters striking their back. They lived in Goshen, which was a ghetto. And they cried out to God. And God says, here, what am I going to do? I'm going I'm to deliver you. I'm going to send Moses to deliver you. Moses pleaded with Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, who you are? Who is your God? Why should I listen to you? Get out of here. And God says, I'm going to use signs and wonders, ten of them to show Pharaoh and his cabinet and his governors and all the people of Egypt who's in charge. So let me not elaborate, but let me highlight because I really, I I did this this week and I found my faith was increased. Uh, The first of the plagues of Egypt was water in uh, blood, water into blood. In other words, uh, Moses told Aaron to take the staff that I have in my hand and put it in the water of the Nile River, whatever the name of the river was. And as soon as he did, blood began to spread all over the river. It was so all-encompassing until blood got into the rivers and the creeks and the wells and the ponds. Everywhere there was water, there was blood and it stank. In order for, get, for the Egyptians to get a sip of water, they had to go digging around side their well hoping to get clear water, drinkable water. Well, after about uh, a day of that, or maybe two, and Pharaoh's uh, magicians uh, mimicked or imitated that thing. So Pharaoh says, ah, we can do that. I'm not letting him go. Secondly, here's another uh, another uh, plague, if you will. Frogs. God says, I am going to put frogs all over the land of Egypt. I'm going to put frogs in your bed. I'm going to put frogs under your bed. I'm going to put frogs in your kitchen. I'm going to put frogs in your kneading bowls. I'm going to put frogs in your living room. I'm going to put frogs on your roof. Everywhere you'll hear a croak. But there was no frogs in Goshen. Goshen is where the people of God is. Frogs ever- let, let me tell you this. I don't know anybody in my circle of friends who have a pet frog. (laughs) And if I do have somebody in that circle of friends, they better keep the frog to themselves. Pharaoh says, these are nasty frogs. And although his magician could do the same thing, Pharaoh says, I'll let you go. Just get rid of the frogs because they smell rotten. And they did. Because after God remove the frogs, they piled up in the streets, in the yards, and they were awful. Here's something else. God says, I'm going to do to show Pharaoh, and the Israelites that I'm God. Lice, lice, lice. You know what lice is, right? Oh, yeah. Horrible. Almost invisible, but totally distracting. I, I uh, went to a school in Trinidad, And I got lice from one of my friends. What a kind of friend is that? Itching, scratching. And uh, my grandmother and my mother took this kind of kerosene-like thing and put it in my head as if they're going to light it up and get rid of the lice. I kid you not. I took care of it ever since that time, but I ain't got no more lice. Pharaoh says, get rid of the lice, and I let the people go. There was no lice in Ocean. (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. I'm having more fun than you are, but I'll keep going. (laughs) Flies. Everybody say flies. Flies everywhere. Some people put nets over their bed to keep the mosquitoes out at night. Flies on the net and under the net. Flies in their food. Flies in their living room, bedroom. Yard, animals, flies everywhere. You ever you ever killed yourself trying to catch a fly or kill a fly? Injured yourself? Got this fly water? You knock over the lamp, you knock over the coffee table, you tear up a few dishes. You didn't get the fly, you got it the next morning, and there he is, because he spent the night in your house. Pharaoh <laughs> says, if you get rid of get rid of the flies. I'll let them go. You didn't do it. Uh, uh, let me show you this. Number five: disease livestock was the fifth plague. All of Pharaoh's livestock was affected by some debilitating disease. And when they were affected that way, they were destined to die. Thus, the people of Egypt would have no meat and sustenance. And Pharaoh says, well, we can't go on like that. Tell Moses to come here and and I'll let the people go if you'll take the disease off the animals. There was no disease in Goshen. Well, here we go. Boils, such painful boils on the body. All of Egypt, all of Pharaoh, all of his children, all of his politicians. Boils! All over his head, all over their head, their arms, their upper and lower body, painful, oozing, odorous, all boils. Pharaoh says, I'm going to let him go. Just tell your God to, to uh, get rid of the boils. Pharaoh doesn't do it. So God said to Moses, I'm going to do another plague. Number seven, thunderstorms and hail. Wow. I've been amazed at some newscasts when they're covering the weather how large the hail is. You seen it? Break the windows of cars and, and damage the hoods and the cars and damage houses. And for, for Pharaoh and Egypt, these, this hail went through the roof, destroyed what animals that were left, destroyed the crop. Pharaoh says, if you take the hail away, I'll let, it, let him go. There was no hail in Goshen. Then there was locusts. A couple more after this. Locusts. They consume everything that the hail didn't destroy. Can you imagine that? Let's imagine that these green, greenery here are live I mean they do not and locust appeared it would not leave these greens until it consumes it totally Pharaoh said we got to have vegetation our people and the people said to Pharaoh why do you keep saying no to the children of Israel's desire to go and he says okay okay Get rid of the locusts, I'll let them go. L- look at this, darkness for three days. Darkness. Ah, what's with that, Pastor. I'll tell you what's what with that. It's so dark, they cannot see their hands in front of their face. It's so dark, they don't leave the place they're sitting or sleeping because they can't see where to go for three days. Darkness, please. See how prophetic I am? I don't know what you can do with this stage. But this is not even a sampling of what it was like. But there was no darkness in Goshen. I'm hurrying. If you will, thank you, Brian. So after the darkness, Pharaoh said, okay, i let him go. Here's another one. Then there was the death of the firstborn. Moses went to Pharaoh and said, after I tell you this, I'm not going to see you anymore. This is it. God wants me to tell you, since you didn't let my people go, then you've had your final say. You're not going to hold them back anymore. Every firstborn male from the house of Pharaoh to his servants, To those working the fields and those, uh, uh, even the firstborn male of animals. God says, by tonight, they'll die. But here's what I want you to do, people in Goshen. I want you to get a white, spotless, pure lamb. And while the deaf angel is killing Babies, and and I don't mean this bad, but, you know, God will give you so so much time. And young men and men and fathers, I want you Israelites to get you a lamb, to slay the lamb, to take the blood of the lamb and apply it to the doorposts and the sides of your entrance of your house. Say amen, somebody. And and, and what I want you to do is I want you to go in that house. Take the remains of the lamb and and roast it or grill it and you be prepared to eat it. And while you're eating it, take all your luggage and all your bags and get preparation with everything you got. Because after you have finished eating that lamb, I want you to head out the door and start making your way to the land of milk and honey. And I'll take care of Pharaoh and you won't have to worry about him another time. And God says, Moses, tell them, be sure to put the blood over the lintel and doorposts because when the death angel comes in Egypt, I want him to be sure that when he sees the blood of the lamb, he'll pass over that house. I want to tell you, there is still the blood of a lamb. His name is Jesus. And when you put his blood to your life, the devil will pass over you. Oh, my, my, my. I I, got to hurry here. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Don't you forget where God brought you from. That's where where, uh, I'm coming from by making this transition next March. I I have never done anything for God of any substance without somebody not uh, criticizing it Finding fault with it or gossiping about it, or being doubt. Uh, and that's all the more reason to know that all that going on, if it ever gets done, it'll be you, God. You never do something for God praying, giving, serving, volunteering. You'll never do something for God without somebody rising up in your face and acting as if you're trying to get attention acting as if you think you're somebody else, or you're better than somebody else. If God has called you to a ministry or work, press on anyhow. Um, Put on the screen for me, Numbers 13 and 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb remembered the ten plagues. He remembered the God of Mount Sinai. Somebody say amen. Caleb remembered the God of the Ten Commandments. Caleb remembered the wilderness wandering. Caleb remembered that while they were still in Goshen and things smelled bad and went wrong, God still fed them and clothed them. And when they said goodbye to Goshen, it was permanent. Oh, mama, We are well able. Somebody say that. We are well able. Hallelujah. Let us go at once. Here's the third point, if you will, and the final point. Doesn't mean it's gonna be the shortest point, but fear aborts your future. Stops it in the track. Put the scripture up for me, would you? Fear aborts your future. God said to Moses. I'm going to paraphrase this, but I am sick and tired of making promises to people who don't want it and providing for people who won't go. How many times i got to show somebody that I'm able to take them in? So God says, I'm going to kill them all. Yeah, in that chapter. I'm going to kill him, everyone, because I'm just tired of this. Moses said, no, 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 God, don't, don't don't, kill him, because the devil going to get the benefit. You know, when we don't obey God, guess who gets credit? Uh, if you kill him, Moses said to God, the Egyptians say, you brought him out and you couldn't take him in, so you're killing him. Can I get an Amen the enemy kings and all around here who are running for their life because they know we're coming, when they see you kill all these people in the wilderness, God, they'll say, what kind of God are you? Okay. God says, I'm not, don't kill them. But he asked the question, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complains against me? I've heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness, all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. Just leave it on the screen just a minute. Abort. Their doubt and their fear aborted their future God says enough of this all of you 20 years now and older you're going to have to wander back in the wilderness one year for every day you went to the promised land everybody okay It took the 12 spies 40 days to explore the promised land. Come back with a report. God says for every one day you explored, you're going to have to wonder those 20 years and older. One year, 40 years. God says, I'm not bringing you all back here until all those people die. God's serious about gossip and about false finding and about criticism and about blaming. Yeah, do you know that I missed out on a lot of good things in my life because I didn't understand it and I criticized it? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you were that. How come every time I preach, it's all about me? I never hear you all say "Amen." I mean, it will help a man if he hears an "Amen" every once in a while. Let me go home and lay on the couch and say, "Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me." I, I have not knowing what it's like. It looks different. It smells different. I miss out a lot of fun. And I don't know how much longer I'm going to live. I'm not trying to Don't get my get ready, but I intend to make up for lost time. Not by going to Six Flags and riding that foolish roller coaster that goes like this. That ain't what I'm talking about. My wife, I told you all this before, so I'll need to move on, but some of you have memories like me. You know when you're getting older, they say, you repeat yourself. You know when you're getting older, they say, you repeat yourself. <laughs> now I forgot what I was going to say. I really, have forgot what I was going to say. god got a sense of humor. <laughs> he got a sense of humor. Now you're clapping because you can relate. So one of the brothers and sisters were at the uh, what do you call them, honey? What what the place you go to have your nails done or whatever? What is it? Nail salon, Nail salon. a saloon? <laughs> Nail salon. My wife, uh, Valerie, saw this brother and his wife. They were in the first service. Go, oh, you you'll, you'll like it. You like it. You like it. I said, no, 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 no. Oh, but men go, right, like Judy? Your husband goes. I know him, and I know why he goes. Uh, I did that, Mike. I did it twice, but I've never done it since because it's not for me. Can I get an amen? Uh, l- listen, d- does fo- do folks eat like collard greens this time of the year? I mean, you like that? Yeah. You see, I've criticized that, and after I ate it, I'm glad I did. I don't like it, but I like banana pudding. How does this relate to the sermon? This is a serious thought I was building on. Folks dying. I'm glad Pastor JC is coming maybe a little more serious than me. Hey, do you know what? We, uh, we get the consequences of our decisions. You see what I'm saying? These, f- these are, there'll be a large number of people dying in the wilderness 40 years in there. It's because they made a decision. And when they did, it was at the point of no return. I, I want to build on that before I close in a moment. Ah, Look, put up on the screen, please. Numbers 14 and 39. And I'm doing my best to try to get it done. Numbers fourteen thirty-nine. Then Moses told these words to all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they arose early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain, saying, Here we are, and we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. Can I clarify that? God says to Moses, these are going in, these are not. But these will go in 40 years from now. Those 20 years old and, and above. And uh, God says, that's it, finish. Wash my hands. I didn't kill them, but they have to, they have to bear the consequences of their poor choice. I mean, I mean oh God, he doesn't, he's not interested in killing us, but he's interested in our obedience. And so I would say this to you. A group of these people got together and says, we're sorry, we regret, we've done the wrong thing. We're ready to go in. And God says, no, you're not. Because you won't succeed, Moses says. Do not go up and over to the land lest you be defeated by your enemies for the Lord is not among you. Isn't that a terrible statement about anybody? Look at number 43. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you. The enemies are still there. And you shall fall by their sword. They'll kill you because you have turned away from the Lord. The Lord will not be with you. It's a sad day in my life as a Christian, or any of you here today, to have not obeyed God or trust Him and to have it said over us, I could, I blessed Him more, but He passed the point of no return. You know what else? They, uh, they were chased out of what they pursued. I, I, I want to say this here uh, it's time to change the regrets to reform. To abort your future is to live with regrets. Can I get an amen? Uh, let, let me uh, move you to one more thought. Do you, do you know that for all of us, there's a, there's a point of no return? You want? Uh, let me show you this. Yesterday, when it was midnight yesterday, 12.01, you and I left a point of no return. When the clock strikes one after midnight tonight, you will have left a point of no return. I I need to tell you this. In aviation, the point in a flight at which an aircraft will lack sufficient fuel to return to its starting point, it's a point of no return. Flying from here to Hawaii, let's say maybe from the West Coast, the point of no return for that aircraft is when they pass halfway use of the, their fuel and they keep going to their destination. But they decide I want to turn around, can't do it because I'll never reach you. I'm just telling you. That God has a point of your beginning and you don't have to worry about returning. Can, can I get an Amen. I want to pray together in just a moment. I want us to pray, Lord. Help us not to let fear affect our feelings. Let us not let fear affect our faith, nor abort our future. Stand, please, everyone. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I I have a, come to, thank you, brother. I have a simple request of you. And this is going to be like the promised land. <laughs> okay? It's going to be like the promised land. And I'm not psychologically trying to manipulate you. This is your promised land. Here. It's 2017. Here. It's 2018. And I, I wonder if I can get some folks say with me, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm not going to abort it by my doubts. I-, I I wonder if I can get some folks to say this morning, I want to remember what God has done for me in the past because i got to trust him for some things in the future. Can I get in Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, here's, here's a real the rubber meets the road. Here it is, here it is. Pastor, I'm not gonna wander in a wilderness for 40 years. But I can get to God right now. Right now. I am not I am not gonna be one of those who dies looking for my destiny. I got it right now. Come, if that's you. Anything I describe, if that's you. Hurry, in Jesus' name. Come on to the front. As the, as the elders come and the prayer team come, and, yeah, just come on, come on in Jesus' name. God didn't make you a promise that he didn't intend to fill. Come on, yeah, keep coming, in Jesus' name. It's free, just, just keep coming. You sing, if you will, my brother, please, and let as you do that, we'll let the others come that will. Come on, come on. Uh, just come around the front. You make me pray.
1: You make me pray. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. You make me pray. You make me pray. No fear can hinder
0: now. Let's, let's receive you that. Away. Receive that song by faith. Before we, before we pray. That's good. That's good. Say that. this way for a moment before we pray and in the house had the people of God gone into the land the first time it would have only taken one year one month one week and eleven days did you hear what I said? But fear and doubt and lack of faith made him wonder for 40 years. I, as soon as I can get to the land of milk and honey, I want to get there. The devil is a liar. You are going to get there and it won't take you 40 years because you don't have 40 years to waste. You don't have 40 days to waste, you don't even have four days. I'm going to pronounce over you right now. You already receive it? I don't do this regularly. I don't. Because I have to be 100% sure that God told me to do it. And I feel that way right now. I want to speak over every one of you. The chains are not going into 2018. They're not. By faith, I speak this over you. By faith. By faith, I'm telling you that your sickness, your disease, your affliction must go in Jesus' name. And I feel to tell you this part of your sickness. As you go, God's going to heal you as you go. Hallelujah. There's something else I feel to tell you. Your children that you don't even know where they are or what they're doing or who they're with or what they're doing by faith. I I mean this, brother. I ain't got to make it happen. I just got to speak in truth because the Lord came to set the captive free. Receive that for your children. Here's something else. (laughs) I'm getting all this here now. I'm getting all the you're going to be able to, in next year, have less debt. And I don't mean just because you're paying your mortgage regularly. Please do, your car. But I'm talking about exceedingly, good measure, press down, shake it together. I speak that over you in the authority of the name of Jesus. You're taking it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are not going into next year with 10 plagues. Can I get an amen? You ain't even going to next year with one plague. That belongs in the worldly age. Now, there's something else I got to pronounce over you. Oh, Jesus. Here's this. You don't have, I don't have to know who this is. But there's been some marriages that when they come to church, they look real nice. But when they get back in the car, Plagues start. You got to come out of that. Listen to me now. I'm speaking over you, sir. Your job is not more important than your family, than your wife or your children. So I I here's the thing. God told me to say this to you, and I'm I'm being careful to say God this, God that. I've had people come and say God, 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 and never happened in my life. So very careful. Here's what I hear the Spirit saying. But you, you. And you can't expect anything I say unless you exercise your faith. You gotta have faith. Then you gotta do good. I'm gonna have you pray for yourself in a moment and on the house. What wilderness are you tired of circling in? Pray against it. What wilderness, and I I use that symbolically, uh, what will, what? Fear, doubt. Anxiety, Panic. Addiction. What wilderness? You're tired. Oh, God, this will kill me. No, it won't. No, it won't. Not with God for you. Lift up your hands like this. I'm going to ask you to take one minute and tell the Lord what wilderness you want to come out of. I don't know what yours is, so you tell him. Come on. we got about 50 seconds. Be bold. Be bold. Shandarabha Oh, Holy Ghost, come on. Everywhere. Wilderness of sickness. Wilderness of not knowing the future for my life. Wilderness of torment, come on. Wilderness, oh God, of relationships damaged. Come on, do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh, I break the chains, Jesus says. I break the chains today. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, G. Come on. Tell him what it is. I probably got about 20 seconds left. God, I don't want to spend 40 years chasing something that will kill me. I'd rather spend four days having you lead me to where I need to go. Oh, the Holy Ghost. In the spirit of unity, and I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I want us to connect in unity and take the hand of the person or persons on either side of you. Can you do that all over the house? Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand in unity here. Nobody, nobody is going to the wilderness because we got somebody can I get an amen this sister whose hand I hold she won't be going to the wilderness because I'll be there to help her make her exit like she will me I want you to repeat this prayer out loud on the count of three I want you to repeat it as a prayer of deliverance One, two, three. Lord Jesus, I stand before you on the eve of a new year and I proclaim the word of the Lord. Forgetting those things which are behind me, I press towards the mark of the high calling of God in my Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I ask you now to symbolically Cover me with your blood. So when the devil tries to possess me, he will see the blood of Jesus and he must flee. Today, Lord, I refuse to spend another moment in the wilderness. I'm going to climb higher. I am going to see more clearly and I'm going to hear your voice. Today, Lord, the chains are broken. I am no longer a captive. I belong to you. And with you as my leader and my father, I understand if you be for me, who can be against me? Give me a fresh anointing, fresh oil, fresh fire. Today, I put the devil under my feet and the word of God over my head in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now praise Him. Come on, do it, do it. Sing with Him, sing with Him.